Hello, world, and welcome back to another episode of the RJ Ochoa Show. It is a great time to be alive and to be uh, living on the earth. I love this earth. It's my favorite one, and uh, I'm glad that you're here on it, too, and that you're listening to the RJO Show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the kind comments and tweets and, and words regarding last week's episode with NFL Film Senior Producer Paul Camerata. If you haven't yet, go back and check it out. Um, NFL Films just won a couple of Emmys at the Sports Emmys Awards, and um, it's a really cool process to hear how they work and what goes into to each and every production that they have going on. And, and thanks again to Paul Camerata for coming out and, um, and shedding some light on the subject. But we are shedding some light on some new subjects this week here on the RJO Show. The As you know, the NFL never sleeps, and there's a lot going on. Um, but it is uh, it is the offseason, and we're, we're in that post-draft sort of nap period where there's stuff going on, but there's not stuff that's really um, shattering glass as far as news is concerned. Right now, the hot topic is the uh, the Oakland Raiders, and it seems that the idea of Las Vegas is a real possibility for them. Mark Davis, their owner, seems hell-bent on the idea, and I, for one, am a big fan of this move. I, I know that I've said on the show before that I love the Raiders in Oakland, that I'm glad that the Rams are back in Los Angeles. I would not want the Raiders in L.A. for what it's worth. Uh, I'm a big fan of NFL history, so the, the Raiders in Oakland feels right, but the Raiders in Vegas just feels wrong in a in a right way um if there was ever a team that belonged in sin city it is the oakland raiders and i'd love to see them there so uh count me as somebody that that hopes to see this happen uh we'll have to keep um our eyes on that we've got some great stuff over at inside the star this week for you guys a lot of stuff revolving around the draft picks i had something go out on wednesday about the power of four uh, regarding the Cowboys draft class. It was a fun little piece. Um, just connected some dots and different things, how the number four is relevant to um, to this year's draft class. But, um, you know, this episode I'm really excited about. Um, it's a bit of a longer episode, so hang in. Uh, you know, maybe go outside on your porch if you can and, and kick up your feet and enjoy it because you're going to hear the smooth sound of uh, Lori Horesh. Uh, our Australian comrade. Laurie is a good friend of mine. He works for Fox Sports Australia. And um, he was out at the Dallas Draft Party both nights in Carrollton, Texas and uh, in Austin. So if you were there, you got to meet him and experience him in person. But if you want, you're going to really enjoy him. Um, I think that Laurie brings an interesting perspective to the NFL and to the NFL conversation. I love interacting with people on Twitter. It's something that I, I think Laurie and I will talk about at some point. And, um, you know, similarly to when we had Dan Turner on here, I think it's a, it's interesting how he enjoys the game from, from Australia. And there's a, a big, strong nucleus of, um, of you know, people who, who study the game and analyze the game. Laurie isn't alone. Uh, shout out to the guys over at the Wooten Y podcast. That's another one that you guys need to check out because they put on a great show that's chock full of NFL information. I know they had four episodes relevant to the draft coverage, so... Uh, another show for you to check out. But here on this week's episode, Lori and I are going to talk about something that I've wanted to to touch on for a little while. I've been thinking, you know, so much is made about how football is a team game, but obviously a lot of it depends and revolves around the position of the quarterback. And and so there are teams who have better quarterbacks than, than others, obviously, and, and there are teams where the quarterback carries the team. But I wanted to see what would happen if we, we put an average quarterback, somebody who we thought was just, you know, the the average plain Jane guy on every NFL team and see if if he could carry that team. So we came up with a game. 
I'm going to call it QB Libre because if you're unaware, a rum and coke uh, is actually called a Cuba Libre. And so a QB Libre is the rum and coke of an NFL team where the quarterback is the rum and the uh, the football team surrounding him is the coke. And so we, Lori and I, we're going to pick a, uh, a rum that serves as the base, the average, plain, just run-in-the-mill rum. And we're going to make a bunch of QB Libres. We're going to run through the whole NFL, and we're going to see if we put that quarterback on this team or that team, are they a playoff contender? So I'm really excited about that. This is a bit of a shorter intro than normal because uh, of the length of this episode. So buckle up and get ready because it's going to be a lot of fun uh, when we're here with Lori Haresh of Fox Sports Australia right after the break here on the RJ Ochoa Show. What's going on, Cowboys Nation? I know that you are looking for places to check out quality content regarding the Dallas Cowboys, and you don't have to look any further than Inside the Star. Over at InsideTheStar.com, we do everything that we can, myself and all my fellow great riders, to bring you quality Dallas Cowboys content 24-7, 365. Head on over. You can chat with us on our Pigskin Hub forums. You can download the app on iPhone or on Android and interact with us on Twitter at InsideTheStarDC or at Cowboys Nation. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk. We'd love to hear whatever you want us to write about. We're always looking to do everything that we can for you, the fans. Now let's get back to the RJO Show. Welcome to the RJO Show. Someone who is absolutely a great friend of mine, and I think already a great friend of yours. He comes to us from the land down under, uh, Lori Horesh, the host of Hard Count NFL on Fox Sports Australia, and one of the brightest minds when it comes to talent across the National Football League, and honestly across the world. Um, Lori, how you doing? I'm feeling, once again, pretty flattered by that, by that introduction, but I uh, know I'm doing well. I think it's a hard day, and what better way to cap it off than talking a little football with you? Well, you are um, a good friend. There's, there's no uh, understatement in that. And uh, you finished up a good day. It's weird. This time difference between you and I is uh, one of the most uh, abnormal things I've experienced in terms of, of fans of the NFL, and it's something that I really want to pick your brain about later. Uh, do you refer to every day as a hard day since you you host Hard Count? Is that just kind of something you do? No, just particularly Tuesdays when we're pulling 16-hour days to get the thing done and polished and ready to go. Wow, 16-hour days. You couldn't go for 17? Is that the record? Oh, look, I could with a couple extra coffee breaks. I'm sure we'll get there. And uh, if we get, if we get, you know, Australian uh, players blowing up like they have so, you know, so far this off season, and the momentum keeps going, there might need to be a few extra hours and a, a little extra sweat on the brow to get our stuff done. Man, Australian players are taking over the world. Adam Gotsis, when he was drafted in the second round, you and I were together at the uh, the second version of the Dallas draft party out at third base Northwest in Austin, Texas. And you lost your mind. Uh, it, it was it was unbelievable your reaction when uh, when the Broncos added him to their arsenal. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a Cowboys fan through and through, and and that's the team that that will always have my heart. But we look out for our Australians, and for us to have a positional play, you know, we've done well with special teams, particularly in punters. The guys at Pro Kick Australia do a great job taking uh, athletes from Australia and transitioning to the game. But to get a, you know, a positional player, a line of, the scrim- line of scrimmage player like Gotsis, 
to go so high and to look if, if it's not he's not going to come to Dallas it's a pretty good organization to go to over in Denver there's obviously some Dallas ties with Wade Phillips running the show and we know uh, 94s over there uh, helping mold the young pass rushes and defensive lines so that was I think surrounded by Dallas Cowboys fans they were probably wondering what was going on and what this wild Australian was doing with two drinks in his hand jumping up and down for Adam Gotsis but uh it was a it was a big point of pride for our you know the highest ever pick for an Australian in the draft. Well, I think it's an indication of his talent level because you're right. It's not just a high high class organization in the Denver Broncos. It's an organization that knows a thing or two about the position that he plays, and and you know they really and truly do have an arsenal of talent when it comes to that that position group. And so I think it's it's a flattering compliment for Godsis and uh, for the country of Australia, and ultimately for Laurie, which is why we're we're all here is to flatter you. Um, all the time. I, I think I've I've channeled that as my objective in life. Well, I think any more flattery in my head's not going to fit in the studio room I'm in. But I'm not. I'm going to deflect all that to to guys like guys like Adam Gotsis and then some of the specialists like Tom Hackett and Lachlan Edwards and Brad Traddock doing it, carrying our flag over there, and you know, bringing it just the in my opinion the best sport and the best game, the one I love the most in in American football. You know, onto the the biggest screen and the you know the biggest stage back in Australia the appetite's growing for it and uh you know it was it was special to see and it is it's comforting knowing that he's you know going to be playing possibly that five technique position opposite a guy like Derek Wolf and then having guys like Von Miller and DeMarcus Ware outside him um helping him come along you couldn't ask for many better places to land in in the National Football League Absolutely. We should call it the International Football League, uh, considering you guys' interest in it and your growing interest. Like I said, something I really want to talk about later. Um, You know, you mentioned coffee, and I'm curious, do you guys have Starbucks in Australia? I I really have no clue. There's a few branches left. Starbucks came and tried to conquer, and it it basically got chewed up and spit back out. Australia is notorious for coffee snobs. We we like it done a particular way, uh, a pretty high quality, and and, and kind of the mass market Starbucks thing just didn't really fly for the pretty intense coffee culture. I'm not too much of a, uh, a uh, particular um, artisan coffee man. I don't, I don't know your, your notes and your, your, your reads from different countries and stuff like that. I prefer studying defenses than uh, Nicaraguan blends. But um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really, really particular picky uh, coffee culture here. And, uh, and yeah, the, the big flag from Starbucks just really didn't fly. Um, so it struggled big time. Well, I was curious about it because I brought you on specifically for this episode of the RJO Show because it's happy hour. And I needed somebody that knows a thing or two about drinks, whether it's coffee or the two drinks that you said you had in your hand when, when Gotsis was drafted by the Broncos. There's a, a new... I want to call it a game that I want to play here on the RJO show. And by new game, I mean the first game. This is the inaugural inaugural game of the RJO show. And so I'm really excited for you to be here. I'm calling it QB Libre. Now, do you know what a Cuba Libre is? I have a sneaking suspicion it may involve a what we call a soft drink or a soda and, uh, and a, a liquor or a spirit of choice, perhaps? It is... Um, it's, uh, you know, to, to break it down, it's just rum and Coke. Uh, last summer, I went to Puerto Rico for a week and uh, toured the Bacardi factory, and it was a, a raging good time. And they taught us how to make rum and Cokes in this little mixology class that you go through on the tour. And, and rum, and Co- rum and Coke is a pretty uh, staple of a drink here in the States and something that everybody enjoys. And, 
And I thought that we could parallel this with the most important position in the NFL and arguably in all of sports in the quarterback. So Cuba Libre is the technical name for this drink. So we're going to call this QB Libre. And so the way it works is the quarterbacks are the rum because obviously that's the most important element to this drink. And the team, the residual elements are the Coke. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense, and I haven't had any Cuba Libres or rum and coke so far today, so it's sinking in quite nicely. Good, good. So, for example, the Dallas Cowboys, our team of choice, Tony Romo is the rum in the concoction, and and the team around him, you know, offensively, defensively, special teams, formerly an Australian and Matt McBriar, and the mm-hmm. co- and the coaching staff are the Coke. So we're talking about here because a, a standard rum and coke is really you know, honestly, only as good as the rum is. And and sometimes if you've got a subpar rum and you've got an, an overwhelming type of Coke, I, I don't know if you've had RC before. It's my favorite brand of, of Coca-Cola products, even though I don't think it's actually affiliated with Coca-Cola, but don't tell them that. Um, you know, if you've got some great Coke involved, it can carry the rum. Um, so similarly, we're going to kind of look at every NFL team here with a staple rum. We're going to pick a quarterback, and I want to see if that rum can make each drink drinkable. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense to me. All right, so I want to do this here because so much is made about how a quarterback carries a team. And, you know, you know a lot about the game. You, you know, drop, you know, phrases like five technique. It's something that, that not a lot of people are aware of. So I want to see how valuable the other 21 starters on the team are, the other 52 men on the roster, the coaching staff, I want to see how great they can be with a common rum. So we need to pick the most average, plain, vanilla starting quarterback in the NFL. And I'm talking like middle of the, of the road, like the 16th best quarterback. Now, who, who do you think? You got any idea for who this guy can be for us? I feel bad because I feel like this guy is constantly referred to as the middle of the road, you know, median man of quarterbacking in the NFL today, but I can't get past Alex Smith. He's the man for me. He's conservative um, and he's, he, he, you know, he boasts upside in terms of his athleticism and he could be a game breaker and that kind of moving out of the pocket, but his style of play and the, the play calling perhaps that comes to him marks him as just the perfect man, the perfect middle of the road rum. Uh, for our game. I agree. The The other nominees, I would say, the only one that really jumps out of me is Ryan Tannehill, but, uh, but Alex Smith has a larger body of work when it comes to being a mediocre rum. Uh, and Andy Dalton was sort of in this mix, no pun intended, but has really, uh, you know, added a spice to his rum, a, a spice rum, if you will. I don't know if you've ever had spice rum, but uh, he's a little bit more exquisite these days, thanks to his 2015 campaign. So Alex Smith is a good one. Let's let's call him the the average rum. Now let's look at all the cokes in the NFL. We're going to look and see if we put Alex Smith as the quarterback of X team. Do you, Lori Haresh, believe that that's a playoff contender? Does this, this sound fun? Sounds good. We'll see if those, uh, that rum and coke's drinkable. All right, so you're the guest. AFC or NFC, where do you want to start? Uh, let's kick it off with the NFC. Uh, the- all right, I'm with you. Let's start in the north. The Green Bay Packers. 
You got Alex Smith as your quarterback. He's the common denominator when it comes to all these. This is he's the same rum. We're just mixing up the cokes. So Alex Smith, you got Jordy Nelson coming back. You got Randall Cobb. You got a slim down Eddie Lacy, and then you got a defense that has playmakers like Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers. We don't know if he's going to be able to to reincarnate that that great talent that he's had over his small career in Green Bay, and and a guy like Ha Ha Clinton Dix, who is sort of starting to come on as one of the the playmaking safeties in the NFL. Do you think? that the Green Bay Packers with the rum of Alex Smith is a great QB Libre. I don't think he's built to take advantage of what Green Bay do so well, particularly what guys like Jordy Nelson do well coming back. But that is such a nicely complete roster. Mm -hmm. The one area that I'd have questions over is how he'd relate to the play calling, which was so up and down last year in Green Bay. But for me, that that roster's too good uh, to miss the playoffs, uh, even with a pedestrian quarterback like Smith. I think that's it's an interesting one to get started with in the game because of the relationship between Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers. You could even throw Mike McCarthy in the mix. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it would somehow come full circle for Alex Smith to somehow play, uh, you know, for Title Town. Uh, but this was good. So they're a playoff team. I like it. I think I agree that that roster is loaded top to bottom. So let's move on. The Detroit Lions. I'll, I'll get this started. I don't think that this is a playoff team. With Matthew Stafford, who I would I would contend is probably a little bit you know marginally better than Alex Smith, so swapping them out doesn't do them any favors. No, I mean Matthew Stafford finished really nicely uh, in 2015, and they got on a little run to finish, but you know they've lost some pieces. I'm still not sure they built well in the trenches um, on offense. You know they've tried to replace you know the still trying to replace the loss of Sue on defense. Mm-hmm. I don't think playoff team with uh, with a guy like Alex Smith that isn't going. I'm not sure he's going to lift. Um, you know, a pretty mediocre roster above that level. I agree. So this one, this this we're sending back to the bartender because we're not enjoying this QB Libre, <laughs> the the Lions. You know, and I've got a sneaky bold prediction. I think Ziggy Ansah is playing elsewhere in 2017. We'll see. You know, um, at the time, but but just uh, put a bookmark on that one and let's move um, to the Chicago Bears. And again, I think this is just sort of a, a similar scenario. Uh, to the Detroit Lions, I, I think that offensively they've got a lot more to work with with Alshon Jeffrey and Kevin White actually being able to play this season. I'm I'm not that sold on Jeremy Langford. I think the move to let Matt Forte go was uh, was suspect by the Bears, but Alex Smith on this team doesn't scare me one single bit. No, I like the weapons. I think they've done some interesting things with a young wide receiver core. You know, hopefully get Kevin White back healthy. I'm with you. I'm not a Langford fan, and I. I the running back they brought in in the in the in the draft is relatively pedestrian. Uh, the running back help they look to there. So for me, uh, that defense have made some moves to, to kind of reinvent it and give some teeth back to what you normally assume the Bears football is all about. Mm-hmm. But they're not there yet. They're still undercooked, and that drink's not mixed well enough for me. No, not at all. And I I think that the running back there being pedestrian works well with the theme of this. And so it's a shame that we're going to have to throw it away because it, it would have worked nicely. But I agree with you that the defense is sort of on on the upswing. I think that the Bears are, are coming back nicely. And I think they're in a position defensively to be great, you know, I, I'd say three to four years from now, which might you know, be great timing for them, giving uh, the the status of Aaron Rodgers' career. He might be beginning to decline at that point. So we'll see about them. This one is interesting, the Minnesota Vikings, because they sort of have somebody who we could have considered as the the rum in our QB Libre uh, mixtures here in Teddy Bridgewater. He's not necessarily a huge playmaking quarterback. And so swapping him out with Alex Smith, 
I don't think makes them any less better. I, I mean, I don't think they're they're significantly worse. Uh, that team's going to lean on Adrian Peterson no matter what. And with a guy like Laquan Treadwell joining their squad uh, offensively, I, I don't think that it's um, – it's a hindrance to Alex Smith and their defense is certainly on the rise. They have one of the better defensive units across the league, not just within their division. And Mike Zimmer seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. That defense is in place to do, to do bad, bad things this season. And you're right with Laquan Treadwell coming in. If you were to put a guy like Alex Smith in there, who is definitely more on the uh, short to intermediate passing side of things. Treadwell's a guy that can post up win contested catches in tight spaces. He wins early in routes. Um, he's a lot more sophisticated than people think. Um, and then, of course, you've got uh, Adrian Peterson there behind him. And they've gone to some efforts to protect um, their offense in the trenches, adding a few pieces on the offensive line. So, for me, I think you put Alex Smith in there, I, I, I still see the Vikings being a playoff team. I agree. So we've got two QB Libres that are drinkable from the NFC North and the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings. Moving south, uh, this division, I think, is going to be interesting and we'll start in the Bayou, the New Orleans Saints. I, I, I don't think that this is a playoff team with Drew Brees, who is significantly better than Alex Smith. So swapping them out, making you know the, the rum in the, the New Orleans Coke is, is a bad idea, I think. No, this one's going right back. I know drinks flow very freely in, uh, in New Orleans. I've had the pleasure of going there. But yeah, this one, that roster's too incomplete. I actually like what they did, particularly at the top of their draft. And I've gone, I've, you know, taken a good step to just filling what's been a pretty poor roster back with some talent. But for me, this this team is nowhere near uh, being at a stage where Alex Smith's presence could get them near a playoff spot. Exactly. I mean, a step backwards is is, uh, is a bad idea um, for all all around, unless that step backwards nets you Ezekiel Elliott. But you know, we'll get there. Um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I love this roster, and I love what they did in the draft, save for the Roberto Aguayo pick in the second round. But I contend that the Bucks have one of the more premier wide receiving cores in the NFL, and it doesn't really have to be the whole core. It's just Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson. I honestly believe that I could do this. Like, I think I could lead a legitimate drive with them, and I'm not even counting Austin Severian Jenkins. So I think that Alex Smith could get this done, and I think – I don't know that they're a playoff team – but they're a notch below. So this is like the, the QB Libre that, you know, is like the pre-QB Libre. You know what I mean? Like, this is the one, before, you know, we're listening to some music that we like. We're getting ready to go out. This isn't the great stuff, but we can handle it. Yeah, it's stuff to get you kind of get the rhythm going and get you in the mood as you step on out. I, I don't see them as a playoff team. Just You're right. I think the wide receiving core is loaded. I don't know how many different analysts have referred to their wide receiving core or, or their receiving core as a basketball team. But I don't think that matches up well with what Smith does, pushing the ball downfield and taking chances on contested throws. I know we saw a little more aggression with, you know, targeting Macklin last year in Kansas City, but uh, I, I don't think this meshes well. And that Tampa Bay offensive line was a little better, but they get pressure on a guy like Smith, and I don't think that ends well, and it certainly doesn't end in a playoff spot for me. No, I agree, although I do think that that defense – is uh, is on the upswing as well, just like the Bears. And I do think that it would be interesting to see what Dirk Cutter could do with Alex Smith. I, I'd um, like I said, I'd, I'd be willing to, to drink this, but I, I wouldn't order it. Uh, it. It'd just be something that I would settle for. Um, so the next team that we're gonna uh, pour this rum into is, I believe, in you know, we haven't really ever talked with this. 
I hate the Atlanta Falcons. I think they're one of the most overrated and overhyped teams across the National Football League. I believe that Matt Ryan is uh, is certainly a contender to be this uh, this pedestrian rum that we're using. I I just can't stand the Falcons, um, and especially you know last season after that five and zero start which included four wins against the NFC East and one against the struggling Houston Texans at the time. People were all over them, so it was uh, a little enjoyable for me to see them come back down to earth. So I don't think it's a shocker that I just – I don't even want to make the drink. I just want to throw it away. Just throw away the ingredients right now. I don't need this Coke. This isn't even Coke. It's like Sprite for me. Um, But how do you feel about the Falcons? I'm not sure I can back up after the uh, the diatribe you just threw (laughs) up. But – no, this is like, for me, the Falcons are so often, they're that overpriced rum, uh, that, well, they're that overpriced drink that you're staring at, uh, including Matt Ryan that in, in that instance, where you're staring at and you're going, I'm not paying $9 for this. It tastes like a $3 shot. Yeah. Um, I had the pain of watching them beat the Cowboys live in Dallas last year and watching Julio Jones run riot around, uh, around our secondary and, and, and leave Brandon Carr just grasping it. I, I won't even say straws or air. I'm not sure what he was what he was attempting to hold on to there. But for me, it's again, it's an incomplete roster. I think they're trying to help up front. I don't like everything they've done in terms of their defensive line. I think there's serious holes in the back half of that defense. And uh, the offense is Julio and... That's it. That's it. And uh, if that's all you've got, you're bringing Alex Smith in to make throws. I don't think he can make all the throws and be as aggressive as a Matt Ryan, um, who I'm no huge fan of, so no thank you. Well, um this is a the a Cuba Libre is obviously you know Cuba Libre is defined as rum and coke, but at this particular drink I would rather just drink the rum straight up. I don't even want the coke. Uh, although I will say that I love the last name Toilolo, and I really want him to have some sustained success in the NFL, just so that we can say it on a regular basis. Um, but you know whatever, I'm happy to move on from the Falcons, the reigning NFC champion Carolina Panthers. This roster, I, I I honestly feel like they're naturally an interesting QB Libra because the the, ro- the roster offensively outside of Cam isn't much. And that was a big storyline entering the 2015 season. People saying after Calvin Benjamin went down with his torn ACL, well, who's Cam going to throw the ball to? And he made it work with guys like Ted Ginn and Philly Brown in, in a you know surprisingly elite run game. Um, but I don't think that Alex Smith has that capability. I don't think that they're a playoff team with him at the helm because what Cam Newton does to that team is so special. And could you imagine a more contrasting uh, connection between quarterback and coach than Riverboat Ron Rivera and then Alex Smith, who looks like he, he you know, he hesitates to look beyond 10 yards down the field. <laughs> this is a team that you write so many question marks about what they'd be able to do on offense and where their pass rush was going to come from. And, and a guy like Cam Newton certainly elevated one side of the ball. Cam's that rum that, you, yeah, you're right. You don't even, I don't even think you need, um, you don't need, any mixes with it. Um, sure, it's nice. It adds a little sweetness, but he's got enough uh, nuance and flavor and uh, and spice to light up the night just by himself. And I don't think Alex Smith comes in and, and makes that drink anywhere near as palatable. No, not at all. So we have no QB Libres worth, uh, worth having a good time with in the NFC South. So eight teams in, and we've got two drinks to share. Uh, this party is starting off kind of slow. I'm a little disappointed in the NFC um, let's move on to the division that you and I know best, the uh, most storied division in the National Football League, the NFC East. And, you know, people say save the best for last, but I say why? Let's just start off. America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. 
Would Alex Smith's rum make the Dallas Cowboys Coke a great QB Libra, a playoff team, a playoff contender? It'd be a step down in QB Libra, but I still think it could be a playoff level drink. I think with the offensive line and the running game and the weapons we have in place, I think Terrence Williams uh, might die of loneliness in the back end of the field because there's <laughs> no chance of he being a deep threat with Alex Smith behind center. But I think with some health, uh, and, you know, the quality of the division itself, I think this team could sneak into the playoffs. I think you play ball control offense, something that Smith is natural with. Ezekiel Elliott might have 612 carries in his rookie year, but I think you can get it done with this team. I really, you know, I agree with you. And it, the, the X factor isn't the man that throws up the X in Des Bryant. It's Ezekiel Elliott. I think a, not even a year ago, but, you know, right after that Falcons game that you, that you lost, and I'm so sorry about that, but at least you got to enjoy the magic of Whataburger along the way. Um, <laughs> you know, the the Zeke factor makes this totally different because we saw with with uh, pedestrian rums like Brandon Whedon, if you want to call them pedestrian, that might be a compliment, and, and Matt Castle and, and, you know, at the very end, Kellen Moore, this was – you know, this was oil. This wasn't even drinkable. Um, and so it's more Ezekiel Elliott's presence that, that makes Alex Smith on the team, um, you know, make it work. And so I agree with you. I think that a lot of it is the, the lack of talent in the, the division surrounding them. But, yeah, I drink this. Let's do it. Let's order one of these. So the Cowboys join the Packers and the Vikings as, uh, as QB Libres, thanks to Alex Smith. The New York Giants um, and – I don't know that Odell would be happy. He might need a lot of QB Libres to calm down um, about Alex Smith replacing Eli. Not that Eli is, is the best quarterback in the NFL, but he's certainly functional when it matters. And, um, you know, with that defense going all in from a fiscal standpoint, I think Alex Smith might be able to, to handle this and just sort of drive the bus. I think if you look at the offensive side of the ball, there's a few pieces there that actually work well with Alex Smith's game. Odell Beckham, and then you look at the rookie, Sterling Shepard, what they can do after the catch and winning routes in the early stages. I think that suits well with Smith, who doesn't have to hold onto the ball too long and doesn't have to push it too far downfield. And they've got some good receiving backs there as well. Shane Vereen, very handy out of the backfield. I really like what Paul Perkins can do as well. But I don't think the offensive line is anything to cry, you know, to cry from the rooftop about. Uh, but if you're looking at quick release game, and what you're getting the ball in the hands of playmakers and letting them do the work after the catch, I think this offense can stay on track. The defense, you know, there's obviously some big money spending going on there and some big names arriving and some certain names returning minus a few digits. Uh, that's <laughs> probably the side of the ball that I'd have more concern with. I think Smith, just by what the Giants have put together in the type of offense they can run, and how they can help him out, I think that's the side of the ball I'd be less concerned with. I think he could keep them on schedule. So two things I want to touch on here within the Giants. One, as a Cowboys fan, would you be more afraid of the QB Libre Giants featuring Alex Smith or as they currently stand with Eli Manning? That's a tough question because I've seen Eli throw away plenty of games. I still think you're more scared of Eli because you know he's got that horseshoe yeah. uh, somewhere in his underpants or his jock or I'm not sure where. Um, and you just know that game can come out of nowhere. Uh, and, and he's got established chemistry with guys like Odell Beckham. So I, I'd still say it's, uh, I'd be more scared of the Cuba Libre with, uh, 
with Eli Manning. Unfortunately, I agree with you. The second thing revolves around the name Eli. You didn't get enough credit for the incredible joke that you had during the first round of the draft when we were uh, together at the Maverick Bar in Carrollton. When the Giants took Eli Apple, you said it was the biggest reach of an apple since Eve reached for one, and it was just outstanding. I applaud you, sir. That was brilliant. That's very kind. I think it's a rare moment of clarity and an even rarer moment of humor amidst uh, a whole bunch of drinks, a whole bunch of wings, and a whole bunch of jet lag. Yeah, the jet lag, uh, it'll get you coming to the greatest country in the world, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, the Washington Redskins sort of already have a QB Libre that we're talking about because Kirk Cousins is uh, – I mean, maybe just a notch above pedestrian right now. I know that um, people are a little bit more enamored with him than I think you or I are. I think that I'm actually a little bit more afraid of the Redskins with Alex Smith um, at the helm, but I don't think that they're a playoff team. I know that we're sort of saying that the, the Giants and Cowboys are. I don't think that the Redskins are that talented around the quarterback position. Obviously, they brought in Josh Norman, and, and they brought in another Josh and, and Josh Dotson offensively, the wide receiver from TCU. But I don't think that, uh, that Alex Smith gets it done with this team. No, I don't think it's a good match. Um, I, I, again, I think up front you've got some issues. Josh Doxson, some of the stuff that we saw that was so amazing was going up and taking highlight reel catches in the end zone above people and contested catches. Deshaun Jackson is a deep threat. Uh, when you're seeing him get the ball underneath, it's easier to contain him with, with kind of a, a deep setting or a slightly offsetting coverage. Um, and I, I think you're take, kind of taking away the strengths of a pretty explosive receiving core with Alex Smith there, whereas Kirk Cousins is like an irrational confidence guy. He's going to back himself. Uh, he, he's, I, I think something he does do well is he will keep throwing even after he throws picks and he is prone to a flurry of them. Uh, so I, 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 I'm not too scared with, with Alex Smith at the helm there, and I don't think that's a playoff-level uh, rum and coke. I agree. I do think that Jordan Reed would enjoy this drink, though. I think that he would flourish with a guy like Alex Smith, um, and he's obviously going to be in Washington uh, for the significant future after re-signing with the team. So, you know, Jordan Reed, I think, would be the only guy that would be happy. Let's move on to someone in an organization that is never happy, the Philadelphia Eagles with Alex Smith. This is interesting. The Eagles have just an interesting set of circumstances uh, revolving around the quarterback position. Um, and so, honestly, considering Alex Smith, I don't think is actually that irrational given their uh, their line of thought, uh, you know, the, the past few off seasons. What are your thoughts on uh, the QB Libre of the Philadelphia Eagles Coke uh, featuring the Alex Smith rum? This might be the most dangerous mixture we've seen so far. And when you talk about the Coke, we talk about team coaching stuff. How about the fans and media and what a guy like Alex Smith, who's gone through a whole bunch of turmoil and pressure in his time in the league since going, you know, at the top of a draft way back when. Oh, this is the type of drink that, you know, it's the type that messes with your head, comes, hits you out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you're getting thrown out of the bar. <laughs> uh, for me, the Philadelphia uh, Cuba Libre with Alex Smith is a no-win situation. It's I think it, you couldn't imagine uh, a worse personality mix with town franchise and QB. Oh, I, I absolutely 100% agree. And so I don't think that we should be shocked if a year from now he's playing for them in reality just because that's how they roll. Um, so to uh, to sort of update the, the rankings here, the QB Libres that, that we have ordered here are the Green Bay Packers, the Minnesota Vikings, the Dallas Cowboys, and the New York Giants. Uh, Cokes featuring the rum of Alex Smith, and I'm pretty happy with this so far. Um, we have four, 
you know, uh, teams, and I think we should be proud of them. And let's move on to the final division, and we'll start with the Arizona Cardinals. And I think that this is interesting. Um, I don't think that John Brown necessarily has a, a happy life here because, you know, like you've you've stressed, he's he's sort of their deep threat, and that's not Alex Smith's game. But I think that David Johnson has a nice life. I think Larry Fitzgerald continues to prosper. And I think the Cardinals are still a playoff team. I think they have shown us they can make runs late into the season with worse quarterbacks than Alex Smith when we saw Carson Palmer go down and, and we just saw a, a parade of uh, pretty pathetic quarterback play come through. And they still you know, managed to, to stay competitive deep in the playoffs. I think Bruce Arians is the guy that can get the best out of Alex Smith. Um, he, he seems to be an offensive whisperer, a quarterback whisperer, and a guy that can get such great emotional connection and belief out of his team. So for me, you're right, John Brown might go missing, and I wouldn't be spending any money in my fantasy auction on him But uh, if this was the case. But as far as I'm concerned, that's still that, that Coke is raising the level of the Alex Smith uh, the Alex Smith rum, and, and I think that drink started to set, taste pretty good, particularly late into the night. You know, it must be that that Arizona sugar, they make the best sweet tea, Arizona sweet tea, so maybe they, they've mastered the um, the carbonated products uh, in Coke. Um, but, but yeah, I like that. And I don't think it would be that awkward for Alex Smith, considering he already wears a red jersey. Uh, it'd be an easy transition for him. Um, you know, I love the Cardinals helmets. And I'm curious about the auction draft. I've never done that before. I'm considering doing one in 2016. Uh, but that's a topic for a different day. The Los Angeles Rams, the, um, you know, the Hollywood team. Alex Smith knows the state of California very well. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. But I don't think the Rams are a playoff team anyway. I don't think that he makes them significantly better. I'd almost rather have Jared Goff, the number one overall pick in the 2016 draft. What do you think, Lori? Oh, absolutely. I don't think Alex Smith, I don't think his career trajectory is put, pointed anywhere near Hollywood being a nice fit. And, it, he, you know, he'd be so typical for the Rams teams we've seen in the past. You could so see him guiding them to a 7-9 and nine and 8-8 eight and eight season. Yep. I might prefer Jared Goff. And, you know, perhaps in, in three years' time, if they can shore up a few things up front on the line and, and give him some more surefire weapons and more traditional weapons perhaps to work with on offense, uh, that, that's the road I'm taking. That's a drink. Alex Smith with the Rams, as much as it seems appropriate, and they might be a match, uh, it's not a match made in, the, in drinking heaven. Now let's toss that one out. Smith's former team, the San Francisco 49ers, which is a disaster in terms of rosters are concerned. Um, I do think that, that Smith could potentially flourish under Chip Kelly. Um, I don't think that, uh, that he would do well if, if Chip brought in some speedy wide receivers like he likes. But I, I think that Chip's creativity with Alex's skill set could be interesting at some point. But I don't think that reuniting Alex in San Francisco is a good idea for anybody. Absolutely not. And looking at the quality of that San Francisco roster and the instability at the top of the organization, I'm not sure if you brought, you know, 30-year-old Joe Montana back to the 49ers. That's uh, that's a Cuba Libre rum and coke that I'm drinking. Agreed. Now, the last team in the NFC I think is really interesting for Alex Smith and, and his rum, the Seattle Seahawks. And what makes the Seahawks so dangerous is Russell Wilson's ability to get out of the pocket and continue to make plays. We've seen Alex Smith. He's got some wheels. He's not exactly contained to that pocket. Um, I don't think that um, that the offense surrounding him is that great. 
uh, for Alex Smith per se, but with a strong run game, we've seen Seattle devote some resources this offseason to their run game in the absence of Marshawn Lynch and an elite defense. I think this is still a playoff team with Alex Smith. I think you're on the right track. He has the same mobility as Russell Wilson, but I've always loved Russell Wilson's uh, trajectory, strength, and timing, and placement on those deep balls when he decides to take shots. Uh, I think he's a whole lot more imaginative and more creative. We've seen him with, dare I say it, some Romo-esque plays mm-hmm. uh, where the pocket breaks down. And that offensive line, combined with what Alex Smith does in the pocket, or, or you know, he likes to get the ball out quickly, but combined with what he'd be seeing with, with the gaping holes on that O-line and just letting pass rush and blitzing linebackers through, that's not that's not a drink I'm 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 happy with. I think that's you know maybe an eight nine win drink, but it's not taking me to the promised land. Well, you know what, Laura, you're the guest and uh, and you're the the orderer here at this table. So we'll go ahead and pass on the Seattle Seahawks QB Libre. So for the NFC, that gives us the Packers, Vikings, Cowboys, Giants, and Arizona Cardinals. Um, I think that makes sense when you look at the NFC. Those are probably the most talented rosters, excluding the quarterback position. Uh, so putting in an average guy like Alex Smith, you know, doesn't uh, doesn't really set them back that far. Yeah, I think it, part of it's the talent. It's a huge part of it. And then you just you are just looking for that that fit. Some of these other rosters do boast um, talent, or they made moves in the off season to try and help that out. But he's such a he's such a particular quarterback that you you, you need to ma- massage him almost into. Uh, I should watch what I'm saying here. Uh, into into a system that fits. Uh, and into an offense that's going to let him succeed because it's it's been a pretty treacherous process with him over his years. No, absolutely, and um, I think he's an interesting guy. He's the right rum for this experiment um, b- because he he's so polarizing. You never know what you're going to get with him, um, but but you just sort of always know that it's going to be pedestrian. I think that's the best way to describe him. So he's uh, he's good enough to lead five teams in the NFC to the playoffs. Five for sixteen is a pretty terrible um you know terrible go at it but it's almost his completion rate five for 16 so um let's move to the afc we'll start on the afc north pittsburgh steelers i i think this is great i don't think i think you could put someone of lesser quality than alex smith um you know on the steelers with that talent i think you know you talk about a receiver who's great underneath antonio brown i mean laura you can go quarterback the steelers and, and i'll drink that qb libre absolutely and they've had success with you know questionable arm strength left-handed quarterback so i'm ready to step in at any point notice you know i think this this team can still roll on uh get the ball in the hands of your playmakers lean on the run game you hope Le'Veon bell's healthy after the injury kind of ended his season his season a little too early last time uh this is an offense that keeps rolling uh and i think there's enough kind of steps taken on defense uh although i'm not a huge fan of the first round pick the pittsburgh steelers made i still think this team is a, is a threat from the north to, uh, to shake up the AFC playoffs. Absolutely. The Baltimore Ravens. I uh, I think that, that Alex Smith could lean on a, a fellow Smith and Steve Smith, but other than that, there's not a whole lot that Baltimore's working with. Even defensively, their roster is very different from four years ago when they won Super Bowl Forty Seven. I just don't think there's enough in this Coke to make this drink, this QB Libre, worthwhile with Alex Smith. No, I don't think the Coke matches well with the rum either in this situation i could you can picture it now steve smith getting frustrated as he still somehow gets to gets in open positions uh down the field and he's got alex smith dumping off short or keeping his eyes uh you know further further closer to the line of scrimmage um i do like the running back 
I like the fact that they added Kenneth Dixon, and I think he'd see a whole bunch and maybe be a standout uh, fantasy season-winning rookie pick uh, out of Baltimore. But on the whole, it's not the quarterback to rejuvenate. You know, the, a pretty uh, a pretty serious down season for the Baltimore Ravens. They hold themselves to the highest standards possible. We know Aussie runs an amazing operation, but this is a serious. Uh, this is a gut check season. Absolutely, and um, I, I'm much more comfortable with the Joe Flacco. Baltimore Ravens, QB Libre, than, than Alex Smith. You're right. Just just not a good marriage. The Cincinnati Bengals, who boast a quarterback who, you know, like I said, might have been the poster boy for this project a year ago, uh, but is now a little bit spicier. Alex Smith on the Cincinnati Bengals. How do you feel about that potential drink? The fact that he turns the ball over so little, I think it was seven interceptions to 20 touchdowns last time. This offense keeps rolling the defense is talented. They do such a great job of sitting there and letting the draft fall to them and consistently adding good players. I think they added Andrew Billings in the fourth round. He gets to run around next to Geno Atkins now. If that's not a perfect setup in a four-man front, I don't know what is. This team keeps rolling. That's a playoff drink. It's not uh, the most amazing. It's not You're not sitting there taking a sip going, oh, wow, that's blown my mind. But that'll uh, that'll more than get you through the night. No, absolutely. While the music's on, you know, you're just hanging out, you're talking to your friends, and, and before you know it, you've had four of these <laughs> and and the night is pretty good. It's you know your favorite song is uh, is on on the radio, and you're just having a good time. So, um, but the Cleveland Browns, I think I don't think we got to waste much time here. This is this is terrible. This is an awful idea. No, this is the drink you grab and throw straight back in the face of uh, of the bartender and tell them that they've got that that rum needs three more years of maturing before you're going to go near it again. Yeah, this uh, this QB Libre feels like. You know the the rum that the the bar is just trying to get rid of. You know they're they're marking it down. It's it's uh you know half price tonight, and and they're offered they're giving away free samples, and we just we don't want anything to do with it. Um, so starting off strong in the AFC, we've already got two contenders, uh, two QB Libres that we'd like in the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll go south, uh, even though it's not really that far south, not south at all, in the Indianapolis Colts with uh, Alex Smith. How do you like? I think the Colts were a painful team last year. They didn't put it they didn't put all those elements together and it was really frustrating, especially the the story was all the, you know, veterans coming on. I don't like this match. I think some of the, the, the abilities of their wide receivers like T. Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief don't match up with what you're going to get from a guy like Alex Smith. Again, they they talk about taking strides to fix the offensive line. I think it dropped about four big bodies up front to try and help that situation out. But in a division that's getting better, uh, that drink comes along and I'm not convinced that this Cuba Libre is is taking me onto the dance. No, not at all. We need to get a QB Libre that's going to get you on the dance floor, Lori. <laughs> uh, and maybe it's the QB Libre of the Jacksonville Jaguars because I am a big Jaguars fan. I'm convinced that this team is, uh, is destined for glory sometime soon. And their whole offense I'm in love with. Except for the offensive line, which is obviously and arguably the most important part. But we don't have to worry about that in this QB league. That's like the ice. You know, I, I don't necessarily need it. Uh, but uh, but Alex Smith on the Jacksonville Jaguars, how do you feel? Are you uh, you down to have one of these QB leaders? I think I am. You know, the Jags obviously spent big in free agency, and then that's great, and everybody gets really excited about that. And you say, okay, but now you've got to go draft well. What do they do? They went and draft the house down there. People have said they kind of had the shadow QB, the shadow Cowboys draft. Uh, what may have been uh, had the Cowboys gone a different way in round one and had a look at Ramsey instead of uh, instead of Zeke. Um, 
I think this offense uh, it might actually benefit from a guy that turns the ball over a whole lot less than Bortles. Uh, Blake Bortles' numbers look great on a fantasy uh, screen, but there was a lot of poor play and a lot of a lot of very streaky stuff last year. So I think I think this team is could could possibly take a step forward in one season uh, compared to what we got from uh, Bortles. I think Bortles is a better QB long term, but. What Smith could, could provide, I think this is a very sneaky, good little rum and coke combination. Absolutely. This is arguably the only team that would take a step forward, like you're saying with Alex Smith. Um, I, I I just like everything around him. I think that, that every piece they have fits Alex Smith's game. I think uh, where they play fits his climate. I think their uniforms are just questionable enough that it's okay for Alex Smith. Uh, I like everything about this drink. I like the rum. I like the Coke. I like the glass it comes in. I like the way the light is hitting it. The song is in my heart, and I'm ready to step out on the dance for Lori. I'm feeling good. It's happy hour in Jacksonville as far as RJ is concerned. It really is. Um, and you know what? With the, the pool that they have in the stadium, it just it really just makes sense that you'd have a QB Libra in your hand while you're sitting in there watching Alex Smith lead these guys to Super Bowl 51. But um, let's move on. The Houston Texans, who brought in a guy who is very comparable to Alex Smith in, in terms of being pedestrian and Brock Osweiler. They also brought in a ton of speed in uh, in the draft recently. I don't think that the receivers here complement Alex that well. I mean, they're so fast. I think that Nuke is great no matter what. But um, but Will Fuller is such a burner, such a deep threat that, that obviously that is gonna is gonna limit Alex's game. I like the running backs here. I think that they're great dump off options for him. I love the defense in Houston. I think that this is a similar situation. Well, the QB Libras are hitting me hard. Sorry, Lori. I think that, <laughs> I think that this is a similar situation to the Dallas Cowboys, where you've got currently as it is right now in 2016 a weaker division, and so I think that Alex Smith could lead the Texans to the playoffs. I'm trying to get my head around this one and how it exactly it works out with that wide receiver core. I think Kendall Fuller, uh, sorry, not Kendall Fuller, Will Fuller. Uh, so many You've, Fullers, in the so, so many Fullers coming into the league. Um, but I think Will Fuller is completely and utterly depressed. Uh, <laughs> his deep, uh, deep route, deep speed, second, third, fourth, and fifth gear goes completely wasted. DeAndre Hopkins might actually have to grab Alex Smith by the scruff of the neck and just say, even when I'm covered. I'm open. I think just like last year, the Houston Texans can rise up a little further than we think with Alex Smith in place. Uh, I still have questions on the offensive line, but that defense is so loaded. I love how they retooled. You've got Braxton Miller there as well. And then they got, speaking of Millers, they got Lamar Miller that I know a lot of Cowboys Nation were after. I think this is a team that can do maybe a 9-10 win, sneak into the playoffs, perhaps as a wild card. Uh, situation in the AFC. So, yeah, I, I don't... It's not my first choice, but someone buys me this Cuba Libre at, <laughs> at the bar, I'll, uh, I'll nod my head, throw it up, and throw it back. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. It's your birthday, maybe, that kind of drink. Somebody just orders it for you. They know you've never had one before, and they're just trying to be nice. Um, I like this drink, and um, and I like this division. I'm really, really excited about the AFC South. It sort of feels like the Colts are the guys slipping behind and just sort of, you know, behind the curve and uh, and not running as fast as everybody else. Um, the Tennessee Titans, though, I don't think they're on the same precipice that the Jaguars and Texans are in 2016. I think this is a drastic step backwards for them because Marcus Mariota is so talented. Um, obviously, the run game's there for Alex, but outside of that, 
I mean, he's got a coach whose last name is Malarkey. And so that's what I think of this QB Libre. It's Malarkey. I want to throw it away. I don't want anything to do with it. And I want to run away from the rest of this division. Yeah, this is an uninspiring Cuba Libre. This is the one where someone buys it for you and you kind of step in before they can change money and just say, sorry, can we switch that up? I'll just have a lemonade. Yeah. Uh, I, Mariota is in many ways a rich, rich, rich man's, young man's version of, uh, of what Alex Smith can do in terms of mobility. Now, in terms of accuracy in, in, in the short, short area, I think he, he's shown some really nice rhythm when he gets in a flow. I think this is a step back. I don't think it suits well. And I wasn't really stoked with what Tennessee did. Uh, in the draft, I think they had all the potential there to completely dominate the first 60, 70 picks. And I wasn't happy with the with the with the way they went, the direction they took with so much Arsenal in their uh, well, in uh, in their firing uh, well, in their Arsenal. Yeah, I agree. So so far through the AFC, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals, the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we actually think takes a step forward with Alex Smith in the Houston Texan QB QB. QB Libres, this is a hard word to say, um, especially with a lot of them in your system. Let's move to the AFC East, and the people that own that are the New England Patriots. This, I, I like the Patriots roster, and I think that Julian Edelman would really prosper uh, with Alex Smith. I think that Gronk is going to Gronk no matter what, and I think that Belichick's going to make it work, and I think ultimately we're going to go ahead and say they're a playoff team because of that factor. But I'm not excited about it. This sort of feels like the drink that the bartender made and said, does anybody want this? I made it on accident and we'll take it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I think this this drink might give you three and a half yards an attempt. Um, with Alex Smith working with guys like Amendola and Edelman, even Gronk bodying up underneath. But three downs at three and a half yards an attempt, those are completed. You got yourself first down. I think Bill Belichick might recreate the offense once more to be the most uninspiring, uh, boring, and, and least TV-worthy, but they'll keep churning out 16-play drives, uh, and you'll keep you know, taking those drinks while they're on offer, and they'll sneak themselves to 11, 12 wins, and we'll see you in, uh, see you in January. Absolutely. The Miami Dolphins, who have a similar quarterback to Alex Smith as far as being pedestrian is concerned in Ryan Tannehill, do you believe that this QB Libre is playoff-bound? No, this QB Libre is like a new rum that you see come or a new rum and coke drink that you see on the market uh and you know it's got promise it's fairly priced but uh it's still a little off when you taste it it's a little sweet here it's a little too bitey there and the aftertaste isn't quite satisfying yet i don't think that roster is complete yet again took some nice steps in the draft boy they had you want to talk about coke they had a you know two-ton case of the finest uh offensive line collar you could hope for fall into their lap at pick 13 but uh, for me, it's not enough to make this a drink that I'm ordering on Saturday night. Yeah, you know, I said that the offensive line is like the ice. Well, with La- mm. with Laramie Tunsil falling to them, they don't even need ice. He's like, I don't know if you have these in Australia, but he's like a Yeti cup. You know, like where where he just, I don't know if you've, if you've used these before, but this is like the most insane technology ever. And it just keeps your drink cold without ice being Great. present. Um, highly so that's what Laramie Tunsil is. But you're right, not, uh, not worth our time. The New York Jets. I, I, this is a team who's close to the Jaguars in, in my mind, not not in roster or talent or, or potential or anything, but in that I feel like they're right on that playoff bubble. Um, and we saw that Ryan Fitzpatrick couldn't get them, you know, to the dance. I think that Alex Smith is is half a notch better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I don't think that's enough to to make them a playoff where they could be Libre. This is, might be one of the toughest ones because I really like what they did adding Matt Forte to a, that veteran offense. It's still explosive and, 
and still knows how to get open at every single level with the wide receivers they have. And the defense is there. Again, that front is so fierce, uh, enough to give the, the, the players on the back end in the secondary a chance. It's just not one that I can see being worth paying that playoff money for this kind of Cuba Libre. No, not at all. And I think the same can be said about the Buffalo Bills. I like what they have there. And, oh, I love their uniforms, by the way. Um, and I think that Rex Ryan's going to take care of that defense. But Alex Smith there, this QB Libre just feels like a standard Rex Ryan QB Libre. Like, they're going to be relevant all year long, but ultimately they're going to disappoint us. I think what you got in Tyrod Taylor up there is perhaps a more explosive uh, option than, than you get with Alex Smith. It's not a guy that throws with any kind of anticipation, but he can be accurate. He is an outstanding runner, uh, escaping pressure and, and moving the chains. Again, I, I think this is a case of heartbreak for Buffalo once again. I don't think this is a quarterback to bring them back to the glory days. I agree. So we're up to five AFC QB Libres with the addition of the New England Patriots, the final division. We'll start with Alex's current team, the Kansas City Chiefs, and they are already a playoff team, so it's kind of hard to say that they're not. I, and So it's really just your opinion on, on how the Chiefs will fare in 2016. I don't think you can make the argument that the Kansas City Chiefs are taking a step backwards. Uh, they continue to add to a ridiculously loaded defensive front. Uh, I know they're taking steps to try and shore up the offensive line. They added one of the Schwartz brothers, which is always a good idea. And I think Alex Smith in this situation, it's comfort. He's in a great position with Andy Reid, whose clock management might always be the butt of so many jokes. And he might be a meme as far as social media is concerned. But I don't see how this team is taking a huge step back in a division that's got some pretty big question marks at quarterback uh, at some other spots. I agree, which is, is a good thing for the QB Libre game. The world champion Denver Broncos. They've got Paxton Lynch, potentially. They've got Mark Sanchez, which is never a good idea. Does Alex Smith's rum make this a QB Libre that you like? Not only does Alex Smith's rum make this a QB Libre I like, I think it's the perfect one that you have to start a night knowing that something more explosive that, and, and, uh, and a, something that's going to light up United a little stronger is on the horizon in Paxton Lynch. I think he's good enough to get ball in the hands of guys like Emmanuel Sanders and, and, uh, and Demarius Thomas, who can do a lot of really good work on screen work and underneath routes, or routes, I should say. I'm speaking to, uh, I'm speaking to an American audience all of a sudden. <laughs> um, so I actually think this, is, this would be a nice little situation, and it'd give, it'd give a, a different type of Cuba Libre in Paxton Lynch a little time to mature and you know, sometimes that rum and that Coke just needs half an hour or maybe 15 minutes on ice just to really settle into itself. Well, I agree, and I think this is, is a tasty QB Libre, and I think it's kind of it's one you have on vacation. You know, maybe it comes in a coconut or, or, or a fruit shell of some kind. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I like this, especially because of Emmanuel Sanders. Demarius Thomas to me is sort of my Atlanta Falcons of wide receivers. Um, I'm not particularly fond of him and I think he's a little bit overrated. Um, I think that, you know, Peyton Manning's excellence, you know, you know, drastically inflated his career, uh, for that little run. Um, but I love me some Emmanuel Sanders, the San Diego Chargers, is a you know they're a weird team and I don't think that Alex Smith makes them any better and I don't think he makes this drink worth having which is a shame because if we're in San Diego we're getting some sun maybe we're going surfing we're having some fish tacos it would be great to have a QB Libre by our side but I don't think that we do no I think the rum they've got in place already there and Philip Rivers does a whole lot to make this drink 
in any way palatable and it's still pretty rough even on a sunny afternoon in san diego mm -hmm. this is a cuba libre i'm i'm sending back um with an order that you know i don't want this cuba libre but there is a little combination that i don't mind i got my eyes on going down the road there's a guy called uh, i believe it's mike burkovici that got picked up um really either really late in the draft or as an undrafted free agent that might be a cuba libre for the future to keep an eye on in san diego i like it i like that you're pre-ordering um rum just to have just in case um as captain jack sparrow taught us that you can never have enough rum and so um that's a great option the last team um in our qb libre fun little game here the oakland raiders um i think that Derek carr is actually very comparable to alex smith except he's younger and he's faster i think he's probably got a bigger arm um so i don't think that this is a step forward for the raiders it's a step backwards um, but I think that the black hole will drink anything that we put their way. So this is a weird, random QB leader, the perfect one to end the night with. Yeah, it is a perfect one to end the night with. And it's probably one you would end the night with and then make the decision whether you're going to have more or go to McDonald's or Macca's, as we call it in Australia, and call it a night there. I think you're right. It is, it, it, there is comparisons to Derek Carr, but it is just a hint of a step back. And as that team uh, goes on the up and up, and Derek Carr is a huge part of that, I think that direction doesn't turn into a downward spiral or anything like that i just think it tapers off a little bit flattens out and probably lands you as a nine win drink rather than something that uh that you're celebrating a return to the playoffs with absolutely so in the afc here we have the pittsburgh steelers the cincinnati Bengals, the jacksonville jaguars who we were most excited about the houston texans the new england patriots the world champion Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs although they're they're kind of a cheat code they joined the <laughs> uh the NFC team QB Libres this was a fun game uh fun first uh first little game and I'm glad that you were the person to do it with this you know we had a great trip uh sampling all the different QB Libres up and down this bar but I have a final surprise for you and I'm breaking out the top shelf rum here okay there's no more you know, I'm not putting you through the ringer anymore who would you say is the best quarterback in the game today? Cam Newton, that fair? I think he's he's playing the best football right now, yeah. Okay, so he's our our exquisite, our you know, imported uh, you know, rum in this case that, that hasn't been opened in three hundred years. It's been waiting for RJ and Lori here. And I just wanna see how, how great of a drink Cam can make um, you know, the the residual Coke. And we'll we'll go with just three teams here, the three I think, you know, um, consensus worst teams in the NFL. So Cam Newton on the Tennessee Titans, that Coke. Does Cam Newton's rum single-handedly make that a drink that you'd order and, and take to the playoffs? I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think it, I think it does. <laughs> I, I think he elevates the offensive line, which wasn't a strength going into last season in Carolina, just enough. I think his threat to run... Uh, creating space for guys like DeMarco Murray and then, of course, Derrick Henry. That's simply damaging. Uh, he's got enough. We know he's got enough arm strength to throw up the ball to guys like Doriel Green Beckham down the field. And uh, if the defense can take a couple strides and there's a few pieces in place there, I think this could be a really sneaky drink that, you know, you eye up on the bar and somehow you talk yourself into it's a really great idea. You might make wake up with the worst hangover the next morning and the only memory of Cam's smiling face is all that you can remember from the night before. But for some reason, I'm talking myself into a uh, Cam Newton, Tennessee Titans, Cuba Libre. No, I like it. This Cuba Libre 
makes some sense um, and is exciting. I think that this is is the the kind of QB Libra that you know you're, you're you tell your friend you're like, oh yeah, I'm ordering a Cam Newton on the Tennessee Titans. They're like, Lori, dude. Be, be cool <laughs> you know what, what what's what's wrong you know are you okay and you're like no dude trust me this is great you know i've had it before they're like no no way i'm not gonna do it you're like no and so you order a round for the table and everybody you know has something like oh my gosh you're this visionary you're on to something and so i, I think that's what came in the, in the titans is uh especially like we've talked about so much in that that week division that is on the rise but oh uh, imagine the cam titans versus the the jaguars with alex smith Oh man, it'd be awesome. <laughs> it'd be, it'd be, you know, a hell of a Cuba Libre uh, battle. I still think you might wake up in the car park with feeling pretty dusty. All right, so two more teams with the top shelf came uh, rum. The San Francisco 49ers. They're an interesting team, and you get Chip Kelly here. Um, you you don't have a whole lot to work with offensively. I, I'd venture to say that you almost have more um, in Tennessee. Uh, but but Cam is Cam, and, and you would have to go through Arizona and through Seattle, uh, and and maybe uh, you know maybe a somewhat splashy Los Angeles Rams team is uh, the Cam Forty Nine er QB Libra something that you think could go to the playoffs? No, this is one that I'm not I'm not buying. This is the exact opposite of what you said. Someone buys a round of them and tries to sell you that Chip Kelly has stirred up this beautiful rum and coke for you. Uh, that coke is is still too nasty, too stale. Probably got no bubbles left uh, for me to, to possibly pout. There's no ice in that drink. Uh, and it's one that I'm having one sip of and sending right back. I agree, um, which is, is a shame. It's it's a shame that rum as great as Cam Newton can't carry everything. Um, so he's one for one right now. Now, this is the tiebreaker. Cam Newton's rum with the Cleveland Browns Coke. Is that a QB Libre that Loy Haresh would drink all the way to the playoffs? I've got interest and maybe a little faith in the new operation the new bartenders over in cleveland. <laughs> not even cam newton can save cleveland's roster this year uh perhaps down the road i like the fact that they're stockpiling picks and they are going to as dane brugler said absolutely control the 2017 draft but for me not even that rum can save uh, the brews that are coming out and the, and the mixes that are coming out of cleveland ah so i think what we've learned here is uh is that Coke, you know, needs to be decent. You know, even the finest rum in the world can't carry, you know, Coke that is essentially oil. Um, you you have to have at least a decent type of Coke here uh, to work. But you also have to have some some workable rum. You can't just you know bring in um, some some stuff, you know, some Blaine Gabbert type rum and, and expect this whole thing to work. Absolutely, and your rum needs to perhaps balance off what you're getting with the Coke as well. Sometimes a spice rum is what's on, on call, and sometimes you need something pretty clean, simple, and smooth. Well, it was a, a fun game and a, and a fun uh, first game here on the show, and I appreciate you being a part of it. Now, I want to get your uh, just your, your, your insight on what being an NFL fan in Australia is like. You know, This is something I talked about with, with one of our mutual buddies, Dan Turner, when he was on. Um, just kind of what's a, what's a Sunday like for you? I mean, and I, I mean, be as explicit as, as you want. Um, do you watch the, the red zone channel all day? I, you, you've talked a lot of fantasy. I mean, what's going on? What's in, maybe not necessarily just in Lori's world, the, the general, 
um, Australian way. Um, are you guys watching with kangaroos? Or, um, you know, what's, what's the style for Aussies uh, who are fans of the NFL? Well, firstly, Sunday is Monday, and it's bloody early. Uh, it kicks off the first week one, probably starts around 3 a.m., the games kick off. Okay, so, uh, so what, do you go to bed, or do you just power through all night? Week one, I'm too amped. I, uh, I give my delightful girlfriend a kiss and say goodnight, uh, and she hops off to bed, and I will power through the night, getting amped up, watching pregame. Uh, it gets a little gentler towards the end of the season as our daylight savings comes on and yours leaves. We get to about a 5 a.m. kickoff. And I think the biggest thing that's changed it is, is we get, we get uh, the, you know, internet and H- HD streaming has become so much better uh, that stuff like Game Pass for us, which is closer to, I think, what you guys would have with Sunday Ticket, except there's no blackouts. Mm-hmm. That's a big plus for fans as they can watch HD at home, any game they want at any time. And then we also got the Red Zone channel come on, uh, which was, I feel like we're speaking in the Stone Ages, but we got that broadcast on, uh, on the main cable TV provider over here for the first time in the last couple of years. And that's changed it big time. I think that's probably the biggest thing to affect how uh, Aussies um, understand the game, um, take in the highlights of the game, um, and really kind of get, get exposed to the explosiveness of it. Because... NFL is a different sport. American football is a different sport. It's, um, you know, it's got a pace to it. There's 30 second breaks, you know, time, enough time to go to the toilet or, or go get a beer. But that's something that you need to get used to. But uh, I think Red Zone has been great for kind of getting the audience a little wider. And then obviously last season there was the Jared Hayne factor, which basically brought every rugby league fan, which is one of the rugby codes we have down in Australia, one of the rugby sports, basically turned everybody's attention to the San Francisco 49ers. It's gone a long way. He, he's got a long way to go himself. He's a, a phenomenal athlete, um, incredibly elusive. Uh, he's got a really nice explosive burst for, for the return and running back position. But as you guys know, you, you guys play the sport for those that do from such a young age, and those instincts are so hard. So that's been an incredible story, and that's kind of brought it into the mainstream. Uh, but it's certainly not uh, tailgating and, and, and barbecues for us. It's normally uh, jumping on Twitter, uh, firing up Game Pass at about 3 a.m. in the morning and uh, – and welcoming everybody to the world when they wake up when the sun shines. That's uh, that's incredible. So, obviously, you don't tailgate, but what's your pregame meal? Is it is it breakfast? I mean, obviously, that's the time you're sort of working with. Or is is it a, a hearty lunch? Because you know, if you're, if you're saying if it's starting at three or five a.m. for you, I imagine the the Sunday night football game for us is sort of around lunchtime, maybe for you. Um, are you? Uh, what, what's your? Um, you know, what's your cuisine? Uh, that you prefer for a game just, you know, on your perfect uh, NFL day? Well, if I manage to get the Monday off of work and it's uh, and it's Sunday, for you Sunday night football, so a nice Monday lunch game, varies between 10.30, p- 10.30 in the morning and maybe 12.30 around lunch. I tend to go to a, a favoured bar of ours, the Oxford Tavern. They serve up some delicious burgers. So it's normally burgers, loaded fries, uh, plenty of tinnies, what you call can, like cans of beer, we call them tinnies. Uh, plenty of those getting thrown about the place with a few interception rules around the bar. Uh, if you manage to pick off someone's beer as they get thrown it, it's on your, uh, it's, it's on, uh, it's for you and it's on their tab. So that's kind of the, the, the ideal Monday for us. And then Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl Sunday for you, Super Bowl Monday is that turned up to 11. Wow. That's, uh, that's really cool. And you brought up Twitter and which I, you know, I really believe, uh, in my heart of hearts that Twitter enhances the way that all of us experience, sports and in life and pop culture um 
what's that experience like for you? You know, um, you know, when I was with you, you had put your iPhone away because we didn't want Adam Schefter to ruin the draft for us. And so with the time difference, when a story breaks, just, you know, something like, you know, uh, Josh Gordon gets suspended for the whole year or, or, you know, a story of that magnitude when it breaks for you, you know, especially, you know, considering your line of work, you're you're the host of of Hardcount NFL. So you've obviously got to get on top of this. What's it like when that happens at at three in the morning for you? Hopefully the buzz from the uh, Schefter or Rap Sheet alert wakes me up. It's probably pretty irritating, as I said, for my girlfriend, who's like, what are you doing? It's 3 a.m. in the morning. But you just get on top of it. And, and you know, you said Twitter enhances the experience. Twitter's also been great for bringing guys like me and, and guys, you know, other Australians over here. Guys, I know you know the Wooden Why guys. Uh, I know there's there's plenty of bloggers and, 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 and really passionate and knowledgeable fans in Australia. It's brought us into the fold with whether it's um, whether it's communities, you know, based in the States, like, say, the Cowboys, Twitter. Guys like Dan Turner over in England, who's a great, great NFL and football mind. It brings us into the fold there. So we kind of get up and you have a little, you have a little, maybe half an hour, one hour Twitter exchange, get on top of things, see what's going on, fire off a couple of sleepy hot takes. And if you're lucky enough, you go back to bed and, and coffee's waiting in a couple hours time. No, I uh, I completely agree with you. It, it, Twitter is amazing in its reach in that regard. I mean, it's, it's brought you and I together. Obviously, you and I have met face to face. I've seen the glor- glory that is Lori Horesh um, firsthand, um, but it, it's incredible. I mean, you, you and I met on Twitter, and, and you know, I'm just going to say it, we're best friends, and um, I'm happy for that. We've, we've shared a round of QB Libras, which, to my knowledge, no one in the history of the world, let alone the United States or Australia, has ever done. We're, we're, uh, a, we're making world history. It's a bromance board, a brought out of, uh, born out of, of social media. And, you know, the trip I just had four days over in the States, it was pretty wild. Uh, took a toll on the body, but coming over and hanging out with with guys with, with guys like you and and with with Pat Walker and of course Cammy Griffin, who was so lovely uh, and so so helpful in helping uh, you know get me set up over there and including me in carpools, uh, hanging out with with guys like Brian Broadus and Keith Deuces and uh, it, all this stuff was born out of I think it was a board day on Twitter for you. It was probably a slow day on Twitter for me in Australia. A little peer pressure from Cowboys Twitter and it. It, it created a you know a, a pretty amazing trip and some we made some memories and I'll hold them pretty closely and it's it's taken kind of my you know relationship with a bunch of American friends and especially with Cowboys Twitter to a whole new level so yeah it's it's social media has its pitfalls uh, but when people you know just are out there looking to have a good conversation and 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 looking for you know like-minded um, you know especially football thoughts. It's uh, it's pretty cool what you can get done. No, absolutely, you're right. The, the trip was a blast. It was, it, you know, it was so great to to connect with people. And you're right, from literally all over the world. Um, in your case, and, and obviously, you know, you're right. Twitter can be what it can be, but it, it's it's really beautiful in, in this way. Not not to get too um, you know, too touchy, too <laughs> sentimental. But uh, but you're right. I mean, if we're fostering relationships. Um, you know, that we'll have. I'm excited to see which uh, which Cowboys game you elect to come to. Um, in the 2016 season, I'll be there uh, for another round of QB Libres and stuff. Um, there was uh, something that you mentioned when we were talking about, the, you know, getting ready to record this episode on Twitter. Our our buddy Dan Turner, who you write, who people should follow, you know, one of the the brightest football minds, not just on Twitter, but I'm, I'm you know in the world. He's in England, so I can say that. Um, you know, we were talking about what what animal you'd rather get eaten by, whether it was a a shark or a crocodile or a koala bear, and and that's that's a whole different argument. But you mentioned 
an animal called a cassowary. Is that how you pronounce it? A cassowary. Cassowary. Now, I actually have a, a faint memory of you bringing this up uh, in Dallas. Um, so I do listen to what you say, Lori, I promise. I write down everything you say. Actually, I have a journal that is, is filled with all of your quotes. But so a cassowary. What exactly is this thing? Because I Googled it after you, you tweeted at me, and now I can't sleep. Yeah. It's, it doesn't surprise me because I'm sure it's about 2, 3 in the morning there for you. Um, it's like a 6, 7-foot bird. Uh, it's blue. Kind of got some similarity to an emu or an ostrich. Um, but it is vicious. It's aggressive. Uh, sharp beak. Can often look like it's got red eyes, which stand out really nastily against, uh, against the blue skin. And an underrated scary part of it, it's kind of got almost a little velociraptor-ish um, feature on top of its head. So it's a scary bird. You don't mess with them. And uh, I can't blame you for being kept up late at night. You might need a few Cuba Libres to ease the nerves <laughs> and get you back to sleep. Yeah, it, is, it was weird. And we, we, you know, we talked about how it reminded you know, us of, of Jurassic Park, which I, yeah. I told you and I wanted to explain, legitimately terrifies me. I, I, <laughs> I cannot watch. And I have, I'm okay with the, the, you know, the sequels, but the first movie legitimately terrifies me and perplexes me. I think it's obvious that I, I, uh, I think of the world in, in a unique perspective. I, I think weird things. And why would anyone intentionally go into Jurassic Park? If I was like, yo, Lori, I got tickets to this park. It's got, it's filled with a bunch of, you know, things that can kill you. Would you seriously want to go to that? Like, who would do that? No, I live in a country where we've got like nine of the ten deadliest snakes in the world, a bunch of deadly spiders, sharks roaming the borders, uh, coral reefs that you can cut yourself on surfing, um, and a whole bunch of other things. Um, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't warn you about, you know, jump rocks and drop bears, which is a whole other story. So anyone charging me money to come in to a place uh, with with you know, 70-foot animals ready to uh, chew at bits of meat. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm going to give you a pass on that one. I'll be at the Cowboys game tailgating. Yeah, exactly. So um, early uh, early guesses for you because Cowboys Nation is listening and they want to meet you and experience your glory. Which, uh, which Cowboys game do you have circled as potentials for you to come visit us? You know what? It's looking like I got a, we, we found out and it was a happy, happy uh, – invitation that we found in the mail we got a wedding in canada early in january so it's going to be late season i think you know it's not the biggest it's not the biggest occasion but i think it might be the game uh detroit coming to visit dallas in week 16 last home game of the season i don't really want to go to philadelphia um and put myself in danger up there for week 17 yeah so i think week 16 detroit uh hopefully a healthy cowboys team should be more than a match for the detroit lions if all things are firing well and uh you know, after not getting to see uh, number nine or number eighty-eight last year, uh, it'll be it'll be fantastic to get to see them out there as well as uh, as our new Easy Zeke uh, running behind that line. No, absolutely, and you're right. It's the last home game of the season, and it's the last Monday night game of the season. You ever been to a Monday night game? No, I've been to a Sunday afternoon game. It was even though it was a tough loss against the Falcons, I had the best the best time. The the people in lot fifteen who we were tailgating with, I was doing some work and in interviewing them. Every time I got done speaking with someone, and they were all so lovely, I had shots passed to me. So did my girlfriend, who was a camera woman for the day. Uh, we had we had ribs and uh, briskets, sausages, beers, everything. Plus, Cowboys Nation were so so lovely, uh, so hospitable. The southern the southern hospitality was coming through big time. We had the best time, uh, even in a loss. So I could only imagine what Monday Night Football uh, with uh, nine 
to 88 equals a big W would feel like in uh, in Big Day. No, it's it's a special thing. I've been to one Monday night game, and they literally play the the theme song in the stadium. And in that moment, you just feel invincible. There's there's nothing that can stop you in that moment. And so um, I'm I'm excited. Hopefully, you can make it out wherever whatever game you're going to. I'm gonna be there, and I know that Cowboys Nation will be. And I think. Um, you know, it's awesome that they were so hospitable to you. I'm glad Cowboys Nation treated you kindly. Um, you know, Texas is is the best place in the world, so you you belong here. You you are a native Texan. We've given you that that right after um, your draft party experience. That is an absolute honor. I'd be it'd be uh, remiss of me to to not mention the fact that you know Bobby Belt's been pushing this hard, um, and he obviously does a great great work with Cowboys Nation, and he's already thrown his house open for, for me and mine. Uh, on our trip over to the States, uh, particularly with that game in mind. So, uh, look, Texas has a huge piece of my heart. Um, I'm already feeling like it's my sporting home. Um, so, and, you know, Whataburger might be my culinary home. <laughs> the amount of times we frequented it in four days. So that's uh, that, that warms my heart, and I can't wait to get back over there. Well, I'm glad. And uh, the last question I have is, is sort of a little bit on a tangent. Um, we've talked a lot about Texas. Was it... Anything at all like Friday Night Lights, the TV show, taught you it would be? There were a couple of moments where we were driving in between Austin and Dallas uh, that you got a little hint of, you know, Riggins Place could be around the corner or uh, maybe that's where Smash grew up or maybe this is the highway. I don't know. Was this the highway that that Smash was on when he finally got the call up to uh, to go join the Aggies football team? (laughs) Uh, The most emotional scene for me. So maybe I was retracing his steps there, but... Yeah, every now and then I got a, I could almost hear the music in the background. Well, that's great. It's a great soundtrack. It's a great show. And you're a great person and a great friend. And I say that sincerely. Thank you for uh, for taking the time to come out on the RJO show. I know it's a busy day for you at work. Like you said, uh, Tuesdays taping um, Hard Count NFL, which everyone should check out. And follow you on Twitter, at Lori Haresh, right? That's it. And uh, all that, all those sentiments and feelings sent right back at you. It's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure coming on. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, uh, you're one of many close, uh, you know, buds that I got to, or close mates, I should say, that uh, that I got to meet and, and make over uh, over the past uh, month or so. So it's uh, it's uh, it's it's been a pleasure, and I'm very grateful. Well, when you're here, I'll have a, a round of QB Libras for you. This is uh, hopefully a segment we can revisit. Uh, maybe closer to the season. I think I- I'm just gonna say you're the appointed uh, mixologist when it comes to QB Libres of the RJO show, and-, and that's a badge of honor that you should wear above any other in your life. I take that uh, right to heart, right to soul, and anybody that's seen me do any work behind the bar knows that's pretty dangerous, uh, dangerous proposition. Well, thank you again for coming on, Lori. I appreciate it. Um, you know, great things you guys are doing in Australia. I'm really excited and, and happy that the game is growing down there. And, um, you know, a lot of it is because of the work you guys do. So be proud of that. Much appreciated. Thanks. Hey everybody, are you enjoying the RJ Ochoa show? Because I am having an absolute blast. 
If you are enjoying the RJO show, then make sure that you subscribe on iTunes. And if you can, rate the show or write a review. If that's not your thing, you can check it out a bunch of other places. I tweet out links to every single episode on my Twitter handle, at RJOchoa. I also tweet out trivia questions for every single episode and give away free prizes. So make sure you're checking that out. Or you can check out the show at www.rjochoashow.com or all my Inside the Star stuff at InsideTheStar.com or everywhere on Twitter, at Cowboys Nation, at Inside the Star DC, and me, at RJ Ochoa. Now let's get back to the RJO show. I guess it's love in the 21st century. Ooh, it's tough, broken heart technology. Your kisses taste so sweet, but then you quickly Whoa, love. In the 21st century. Oh, oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the RJO Show. That was a whole heck of a lot of fun. Massive, incredible, just international shout-outs to Loy Haresh, who you can follow on Twitter, at Loy Haresh, pretty simple stuff. And that's L-A-U-R-I-E-H-O-R-E-S-H. Great follow for Cowboys or NFL purposes. He's a, he's a cool dude and uh, just really grateful that he took the time to, to come on the show. And I really enjoyed that that new game, that new segment, QB Libre. I think it was a fun way to uh, sort of evaluate the talent surrounding the quarterback position in the National Football League because you don't really think about it. And I thought one of the more interesting ones was when he went to the top shelf QB Libre with Cam and the Tennessee Titans. You, you look at it and you say, well, the Titans don't really have that bad of a roster. I mean, you know, if you put Cam Newton, the reigning MVP, on that team, I mean, they're pretty good. And, and you know, you can't just put Cam on any team. We learned that with the 49ers and with the Browns. Um, but it was a fun game and a fun uh, perspective to, to add to the, uh, the NFL and the quarterback position. So really enjoyed that. Really enjoying the RJO show and, and appreciate, again, all the, the kind words and, and thoughts and everything that people have been putting out and, um, you know, tr- doing our best to, to get some more quality episodes in here, trying to get some awesome guests. Uh, I think that this is really going to be a whole lot of fun during the season. And, and so um, this is this is the off season. We're having a lot of fun here. And we're going to start getting into a little bit of fantasy talk because it is fantasy football season uh, all the time. Uh, I'm excited. I, I know I talked about... On Marcus Mosher's Footballogy podcast, joining a a new um, dynasty league, so really excited about that. Never done something like that before, um, so we'll be having some some fantasy analysis here, and uh, we'll continue to have some great Dallas Cowboys analysis for you for all the Cowboys fans out there over at InsideTheStar.com. There's a, a whole lot of stuff coming up there um, as the summer approaches and training camp season approaches. It's uh, it's a really exciting time for all NFL teams. It's it's you know it's really great when you get to see the rookies wearing your uniform for the first time because it's one thing to uh, to begin to process oh that that player is ours you know after the commissioner calls their name it, it takes it takes a bit of time to sort of think about this and and the player that really made me sort of have this thought was Robert Kendiche uh, who the Arizona Cardinals drafted because when he put on that Cardinal uniform I was immediately terrified of that defensive line especially when you consider that they added Chandler Jones. But uh, it's always cool to see them put on the uniform and, and have it be for real. Uh, I bet it's a, a thrill for them. And uh, you know, maybe we can chat with Kayvon Frazier about that again, ask him what it's like to put on the uniform for the first time. I appreciate all of you listening. appreciate all of you downloading and subscribing and following on Twitter. Um, 
this was a fun episode. And if you have any thoughts on the QB Libres, let me know. You know, tweet at me at Cho and let me know what you think the best QB Libre that you can come up with is. Uh, there are a multitude of different concoctions that that can be made. Um, you know, maybe you think that somebody else should be the the average guy instead of Alex Smith. Um, although that was that was a lot of fun. So. Let me know what you think, and let me know what you think about the show. If uh, you're liking it, if you're not liking it, there's something you want to hear that, that we're not getting to, please let me know. I want to make this show as best as I can to appease 100% NFL fans. If you love the game, we want to take care of you here on the RJO Show, and that's going to do it for another week um, on the show. Just a fun one. Like I, you know, I say this every week, and, and it is sincere and totally straight from the heart. I have an absolute blast uh, recording the RJO show. It's a whole lot of fun for me. So thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Thank you uh, on behalf of Lori. Thank you to Lori, who you should go check out again. And uh, we'll see you next week. Peace out. Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get out? Oh, what you gonna do?